Hi, Wine Delasters. And today I'm talking with Darren Omiki, co-host of the Aussie Wine Chat. Welcome to the Wine Delasters podcast. My name's Janine and I run a wine events business in Canberra, Australia. In this season, I'm talking to 12 specialists from the wine industry and the travel industry and asking the hard-hitting questions we all want to know leading up to Christmas. On what to serve, what to buy and where to go on holidays. So pour yourself a glass and let's get exploring. I found out about Darren when searching for other Australian wine podcasts. He's the co-host of the Aussie Wine Chat, which is focused on winery and wine tourism trade. But Darren's also the marketing director of Hydra Consulting, which is all about food, wine, agribusiness and advanced manufacturing. He's pretty much involved with all aspects of getting Australian wine sold across the world. He also sits on the board of the Riverland Wine Region in South Australia. Darren has a superb collection of Zoom backgrounds from photos he's taken all over the world. And he was sitting in a Chicago wine bar, which looked very real to me when we chatted. It was great he was able to squeeze me in and I'm very pleased to welcome Darren Omiki today. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Darren. Now, you're coming from South Australia, I understand. You live down there. I am, yes. Yep. Do you live in Adelaide or in one of the wine regions? No, I live south of Adelaide on the coast, a stone's throw from McLaren Vale. So it's quite easy to go and stock up on some of the local uh, favourites. I was actually going to um, bring McLaren Vale up because I see that you're the chair of Surfing South Australia and I know that McLaren Vale is right like 10 k's from the beach there and they've got some great beaches down yeah. there. So do you find it hard to merge your love of surfing and your love of wine when you go on holidays? It's a little bit easier than that. Um, I'm lucky that my work takes me around the country and around the world to wine. And if I went on a pure wine holiday, um, my wife, who is a, a more avid surfer than I am, would take me, uh, take me to task. So most of our holidays are spent on the coast. Uh, and I, I explore wine regions um, through work and as we can from, from a lot of coastal holidays. Oh, that sounds awesome. I became interested in you through the Aussie Wine Chat podcast and it's a lot yep. of wine trade sort of discussion, which I find really interesting. Can you tell us a bit more about the work that you do? Yeah, so we, about 80% of, of our business's work is in the wine uh, sector and we do everything from helping people build wineries and packaging lines all the way through to helping them sell wines overseas and helping people uh, improve their tourism um, performance as well. So we're really heavily involved in wine and in just about every aspect you could imagine um, of it, uh, as I say, from, from the production of wine. And at the moment, we've got projects in the US, UK, Canada, Korea, Japan, Singapore, uh, helping out, helping people sell their wines in those markets. So we get we get really involved uh, across the whole of the sector. We're fascinated by the trade. Um, the trade, the trade matters because the whole sector depends on the selling of wine. And for Australia at the moment, you know, there's uh, there's headwinds. So. It's an important place to be and it's an important place to be helping people get right just at the moment. You know, there's wine regions all over Australia and tonnes of wineries, but in the global picture... As an exporter, we export everything from 
what we describe as the wine that the wines that people love to drink and share at home um, through to the wines that people love to think they could drink and share at home. So, you know, Australia's Australia's a really significant exporter of wine uh, at everything from, um, you know, everyday um, wines that people who aren't wine enthusiasts drink all the way through to some of the absolute best wines in the world. And how did you get into wine? Uh, that, actually, that's interesting. You know, it's, it's funny because I'm one of these people that I, I look at people who have a lot of wine knowledge and you see how they've grown up with wine and it's been a part of their life always. I remember when I lived in the Territory, I was starting to drink wine and we used to get Brown Brothers Taranga. And I, I don't even know if that's still around anymore, but it was a rosé-style wine. And up north, we just put it in the fridge. Well, we put any wine in the fridge uh, in the Northern Territory. But we put it in the fridge. I remember going to into Bendigo, into a bottle shop, and buying this bottle of Taranga, which I quite liked, and asking them if they had any refrigerated. And he looked at me like I'd grown horns, and he said, you don't refrigerate red wine. I said, well, you do where I live, mate. Um, and he, again, looked like I'd grown horns. But when I moved to South Australia 20 years ago, we started to get seriously into wine and started working in the wine industry just after we moved here and uh, ever since then just been uh, getting deeper and deeper and deeper into wine so yeah I'm still on a journey of uh, discovering discovering wine yeah me too it's, it's a long journey yeah. it's, a, it's a very um it's, it's a, a nice journey cup. yeah that's yeah. right it really is it is the more you yeah. you drink and explore the more there is to drink and explore so yeah that's right. yeah that's right but but there's also just wine's fun so Hey, you don't need to overthink it every time. Just have a bit of fun and enjoy it, and enjoy, enjoy friends. I think sometimes if you, uh, if I talk too much about wine or get too excited about it, it gets a bit boring for other people. So we just, this is yummy. Let's drink it and uh, let's enjoy each other's company. Yeah, that sounds good. Good, good mantra for Christmas. <laughs> it is, isn't it? All right. Well, we'll hit into the big questions, the hard-hitting questions for you. Um, oh, no. <laughs> for Christmas Day, can you share with us what's one type of wine that we might find, end of, end of food, sorry, that we might find on your table on Christmas Day? No, absolutely not. I won't be able to stop at one. Um, <laughs> share away, please. <laughs> there'll definitely be an Aussie Riesling. Could be from Western Australia or South Australia or a Semillon uh, from um, New South Wales, but there'll be a wine that goes with seafood, um, absolutely guaranteed. No idea what the seafood will be yet, but there'll be oysters or crayfish or prawns or something like that, and there'll be some wine to go with it, and that'll be that'll be a Riesling. And there'll also uh, there'll be a, a natural wine of some sort, and it'll probably be based on fruit out of the Riverland. Now, I'm actually chair of Riverland Wines, so I have a, a, a small interest in uh, the wine selling, and I'm absolutely fascinated by how much um, Australian producers have taken to using the wines from that region uh, in their natties. So there'll probably be a pet nat from somebody that uses wine from there. And I'll almost certainly, because I want people to suffer, have a fortified to uh, finish the day off. And that that may be an Australian fortified or it may be something uh, from, a, from a further flung part of the world. Oh, that sounds great. In regards to the Riverlands, they have a lot of unusual varieties out there that I've been coming across in the last sort of couple of years. Um, that's yeah. one thing I was really 
interested about. It's sort of a region that hadn't really been on my radar till more recently. It's a it's a real hot spot for alternative varietals. Obviously, people are concerned everywhere in Australia about uh, climate change. So there's been that transition into uh, southern European varietals that are perhaps a bit more suited to the environment in some ways, uh, as well, of course, as all of those other um, you know, wines that are produced in the region. But it's not just the, like I find the varietals fascinating like you do, uh, but I also find the styles uh, fascinating as well. So people are really experimenting with, with how they make the wines from that region um, as much, if not more, than, than a lot of other regions. So you're getting that, that real mix of interesting grapes and interesting approaches to winemaking, which I really enjoy. And, and of course, the, from that region, the, the wines are made um, all over South Australia. So you've got Barossa producers and McLaren Vale producers and other parts of the state making wines, choosing, choosing that region's wines to go in some of their very specific lower intervention products. So, yeah, it's great. And can I just touch on what you were saying about natural wines? Because Pet Nat, I had an um, event last year with all bu- different bubbles and I featured a Pet Nat. And um, some people either really like it and then some people don't. So you're not nervous about serving it up on Christmas? That it can uh, no, no, I've got it. There'll be a pile of millennial wine lovers there and they all love, they love a Natty and a Pet Nat. I, I do think that it's fair to say that some people with, who are older, their tastes don't run to that style of wine. And I think it's fair to say that there's been more than the odd one that's faulty. But I think that on the whole, I think that they're much better than what people give them credit for. And, and it always disappoints me when the mainstream uh, of wine production sort of looks down their nose. They're, they're exciting, they're fun. And the um, you know younger people, uh, which is my children who don't seem so young these days, they're all drinking them and loving them. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah, there are lots of different colours and stuff usually, so I think that's kind of fun too. Uh, yeah. it, it has taken them a couple of years to, um, to get me over the line, I have to admit. So do you have a go-to gift for your wine-loving friends and family? Uh, yeah, no, I misread this one. I'm sorry. I thought it said, do you have a gift, uh, a favourite gift from your wine-loving friends and family? <laughs> that's okay. Do you have a favourite gift? Oh, yes, it's wine. <laughs> so they um, can give you anything. Yeah, yes. I'm looking at that question, having misread it, thinking, well, that's easy. Uh, you know, I like giving wine, actually. I I'm not I'm not one much of one for mucking around with with the accoutrements of wine. I really like giving wine and I like knowing what people like um, and finding something that will stretch their stretch their boundaries a little bit. So I have a lot of fun with not not with pushing them out completely outside of their comfort zone, but with introducing them to something they might not be familiar with that will be inside their comfort zone. So my favourite is getting my brother, years and years ago, I got my brother, who's a wine collector, much more interested in, in Rhone wines, just by pulling out some Rhone wines that I knew would would be wines that would suit his his current palate and that he it would just take him off in a new direction. That's a lot of fun. Oh, that's good. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I love getting people out of their wine ruts and with something a bit different. So now I know choosing a favourite wine region is like choosing your favourite child, but do you have a little hidden gem wine region that you'd like to share with us that you had a good time at? Yeah, I will. It's a, it's a very, it's a, actually a hidden gem winery. It's uh, Culpit Wines in Ulladulla, New South Wales. Oh. 
and they've got a they've got a great little cellar door there. They've got a, a microbrewery, a cellar door, and they make cheese. Uh, and they they do a lot of seasonal wines, so you can go there and you can get something that you won't get any any time uh, ever again. In fact, coincidentally, I'm wearing a t-shirt oh, from fantastic. them. This is the Dusty Dog, which is their uh, their Shiraz. So yeah, that was that was one we were down in that neck of the woods surfing and actually doing some tourism training for wineries down there, and we ducked in there and really enjoyed it. So yeah, there's one. Yeah, it's a great family holiday spot too. And lastly, when international borders open, which wine region would you like to either revisit or, or go to for the first time? I feel like being cheeky and saying Western Australia. As soon as borders open, I'll be going over to WA. Some international flights are shorter than the flight to <laughs> WA for some of us on the East Coast. So That's right. Yeah. Oh, no, look, it, it'll actually be Germany. So my wife has family in Germany. So they're in, uh, in the Middle Rhine region uh, which is between the R Valley and Mosul Valleys so yes yeah, as soon as we can we'll get over there and I'm looking forward to tasting my way through everything from you know an Oslazer through to a TBA and having a ball. Oh that sounds wonderful yeah can't wait to get back to Europe so no that sounds great. Yeah I love a Riesling so that'll suit me perfectly. Germany's the place for sure definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Darren, for your time. I really, really appreciate it. Cheers. Oh, look, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening. Subscribe now to get each episode as they drop. Go to winedelust.com.au for everything discussed today. You can also subscribe to my newsletter and hear of all upcoming events, news and merchandise. Till next time, happy wine travels.